For them, they're literally inserting <laughs> some of the most vulnerable parts of their body into your mouth, mm-hmm. an area with a lot of pounds per square inch <laughs> if you want to bite down. But also, like, there's this feeling of like being a vehicle for pleasure in a way where like your mouth is nothing but a receptacle with, with which you can like evoke pleasure in others. And I think that that's super hot. But first, a word from our sponsors. Dogecoin to the moon, ready to buy the dip. Start investing in cryptocurrency today with Coinbase, and you can get $10 worth of Bitcoin for free after signing up at manhorpod.com slash crypto. Come on, how much longer is this fiat thing going to last? The Handy is leading a sex toy revolution for the dick havers, so you're going to want to get this one wrapped around your cock with free shipping when you use promo code BILLY20 at thehandy.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to the fan whores, the whoreheads, the head givers, and anyone who's ever put their tongue in my mouth. <laughs> this is Billy Presida, and you are listening to episode 400 of the Man Whore Podcast. <laughs> I've got such a big dumb smile on my face right now. Can't, can't believe I am lucky enough that I am still doing this in 2021 and that anyone is still listening. Uh, wow. Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Eight years ago, I had an idea for a podcast uh, examining my, my personal sex and dating life uh, to, to try to figure out why I was still single. Typically, you hear about dudes in their early 20s just trying to get as much sex as they can and trying to eagerly avoid a serious relationship. And yet here I was at the time, uh, you know, going to Bukakis and having a, a lot of success finding casual sexual encounters, yet finding no one who wanted to, like, love me. And so I, I had this idea, and I, I sampled it by, like, several several past hookups of mine being like, hey, if there was a podcast where you could be anonymous and you could come on and we could kind of do a little bit of a relationship post-mortem, why didn't we work out? Would you be interested? Several months later, I found myself in Hoboken with microphone gear I didn't completely understand at the time. And and some of you might listen to the audio engineering of this episode and go like, I'm still not convinced he knows what he's doing, but whatever. I found myself sitting uh, with a six-pack of craft beer that she requested with a woman named Nikki, who I had met on Tinder. And the last time we had exchanged text messages, she was accusing me of giving her oral gonorrhea and telling me, quote, to get all my little hoes checked out too. Uh, turned out she just had mono, and <laughs> she delivered a little bit of an apology. Uh, and, and, but, but she came on the show, and, and we got into it. 
and the following week I found myself in the apartment of Mistress J, another person who I'm just like, how'd this person get away from me? She was such a badass. She hit me with some harsh truths, like, you know, I thought we <laughs> I thought we stopped fucking because she started to settle down with this other guy she was seeing, but when she did the podcast, she was like, no, I just wanted to stop fucking you. I met my boyfriend like six months later. I was like, ooh, okay. Learned a lot about myself uh, having those conversations, still am. So I just, you know, like, thank you uh, all for listening. Thank you all for subscribing. Thank you to those of you who have shared the podcast with your friends. Thanks extra to those of you who have shared the podcast on social media. Hey, number one referrer of new podcast still is from friends social media. And, uh, and obviously the biggest shout out ever, uh, goes out to my Patreon community because like, I literally couldn't get to 400 episodes without you. I, I wouldn't have been able to quit my day job at, at in touch weekly years ago. If, if it wasn't for that steady support on Patreon. And, and honestly, I don't think I can do another 400 without that support. So just big shout out to any of you who are in the Patreon community, any of you who used to be in the Patreon community at some point. And if you want to connect with the community, uh, you can do so for free in the Champagne Room. Seriously, Discord, I know it seems like a really intimidating concept, but like I can't believe I didn't get it on sooner. It's so easy once you get the hang of it, and it's so much healthier than like Facebook. So come introduce yourself at manwhorepot.com slash discord. Pick a few channels to say hello in, and I'm sure you're going to get hooked. I don't always plug the email, Addy, but again, if you want to send your favorite Manwhor podcast episodes, if you've got an advice question, if you want to send me your curiosities, or maybe how the show has affected you over the years, gosh, what a wonderful occasion to share such things. You can always shoot me an email at manwhorepod at gmail.com. Uh, and as for Patreon, I'm actually for the entire month of September to celebrate 400 episodes. Hey ho, hey ho, I'm offering 10% off the annual membership. For those of you who think that like that monthly $2 charge can get kind of tedious and annoying. Well, you know what? Go ahead and pay for an entire year up front, baby cakes. Maybe even throw down and get yourself a full year of access to the peep show. Support the podcast that you love. Become a member today at patreon.com slash podcast. Did I sneak enough plugs in there with all the sentimentality? Cool. Uh, so this week's episode is, wow, I can't believe we finally got it. You, you might uh, know of this concept under a previous name I've given it. I used to call it um, the Pepsi Challenge of Cocksucking. Thought maybe that title might be a bit harsh. We thought whose mouth is it anyway was kind of cuter and funnier. So, so that's what we ended up going with. But what we're doing here today is there's this couple I found on the interwebs. They've been together for years. They've been monogamous. And yet they've been constantly curious about, yet have not truly tested making their relationship non-monogamous. And so they volunteered for this wonderful experiment where we blindfolded the boyfriend. And then I got three fabulous cocksucking ladies that I personally know. And the three of them and the girlfriend took turns sucking his dick while I shoved a microphone in his face and asked him silly, absurd questions. And at the end of all of this, he's got to guess which mouth was his gal. 
And if he guesses wrong, they will probably not break up. She seems really in love with him. And, <laughs> um, and so I was, but it, I think this is a really fun episode where we really got to explore a couple that is exploring. And isn't that something we should all be doing a little bit more of exploring, whether it's solo or with our, with our partner or partners, trying something new and not being intimidated by what might happen. Because when you got that strong emotional foundation, when you know that relationship is secure, no one or three other mouths should ever get in the way of your true love. I don't know. Uh, a, a little bit of logistics here. So I know I said like we blindfolded him and they all like took turns giving him a blow job. But like I wasn't just going to pull the guy out of the bathroom, blindfold him, be like, all right, you're naked. Now get ready to have your dick sucked. That doesn't that doesn't work IRL. This guy's not a porn star. We got to warm things up. So there's actually we actually did three rounds of other activities that you're not going to hear because they weren't very orally friendly. Orally, a you, you fucking pervert. Not oral. <laughs> the first round, we just had all of them take turns kissing his shoulders, kissing his neck. Not everyone loves making out with strangers, okay? But which is funny because, like, well, at least one of them was like, "I don't really want to like kiss him on the mouth. Like, I'll suck his dick, but I won't kiss him on the mouth." <laughs> so the first round was kissing his neck, kissing his shoulders, getting him warmed up. The second round, uh, all the gals took turns running their hands along his body in whatever way they saw fit. You know, we, we want to start warming his body up, start getting him aroused. Round three, just about the balls. Use your mouth, use your hands, but we we just we wanted to show some dedication for uh, for more of the more underappreciated parts of the male anatomy, the balls. You know, the balls don't really always get the due that they deserve. You know, it's kind of like Father's Day. You know, Father's Day is the balls of family oriented holidays. You know, like this, like Mother's Day is the shaft. Every everybody loves Mother's Day, right? Everyone's all about Mother's Day, but it, Dad did work too. And then the round that you will hear pop in and out throughout the episode is that fourth and final round. They each given him about two minutes of a blowjob. Uh, you're not going to hear all two minutes of the blowjob. Settle down. Put the lube away. These, uh, these blowjobs have been uh, condensed for time. So uh, first we're going to hear uh, me. So, well, actually, first you're going to hear a couple ads because, uh, you know, until you're all on that Patreon tee. Papa still got to move some product. But after the ads, you're going to hear me chatting with the couple, Alex and L. And then you're going to meet the girls. You're going to meet the ladies. You're going to meet these wonderful women who have decided to blow a total stranger on a podcast without even the promise of a cum shot, right? They're just they're just sucking that dick for the love of the game. So I'm going to introduce you to them a little bit. And then you also, then you're going to hear like solo interviews, about halfway in, you're going to hear me chat just with L, and then you'll hear me chat just with Alex before we finally get into the main event, until we finally uh, find out if he can guess his girlfriend's mouth out of a literal lineup. So strap in, buckle down, get ready. Make sure you uh, follow, like, subscribe. Make sure you leave five stars, leave a review, join the Patreon, introduce yourself on Discord. Flirt with me on OnlyFans, and always, always, always stay slutty. 
The Man War Podcast is thrilled to be sponsored by The Handy. Folks, I, if you've been paying attention on my social media, I know I didn't get into it in the intro, but uh, Papa's got COVID. All right, I'm in the tail end of it, but you know, COVID nonetheless. And you know what helps get someone through about a COVID where you can't see anyone at all for 10 days? The handy. The handy, the hand job machine that finally does it right from our dear friends out in Norway. It may not be the most patriotic of sex toys to own, but gosh, is it the best. Uh, the hand job is is it's just it's the toy you need wrapped around the shaft you love. And what's helpful during this period of isolation is I can give my Wi-Fi code to someone on the internet. Could be a stranger on Reddit, could be a lovely lady in my life. That's none of your business, but I give them that code. They can sync themselves up either through their phone or through their computer to the handy, and then they can control the handy from afar. So really anyone in the world can jerk me off, even if I am out here in Bushwick with COVID. And I really think you should be trying the handy out. I am truly a fan of this toy, and I think you will be too. So you can get expedited free shipping when you use promo code BILLY20 at thehandy.com. That's promo code B-I-L-L-Y-2-0 at thehandy.com. Yeah, I know I just spelled a bunch of stuff out, but look, there's going to be a link in the show notes to remind you. Thehandy.com, promo code Billy20. Are you Bitcoin curious? Are you, uh, are you just, are you feeling very fluid about Ethereum? I know I am. Well, I do most of my cryptocurrency trading on Coinbase, which is a very convenient, easy app on my phone and one of the leading cryptocurrency exchanges in the world. And Coinbase is willing to give you $10 worth of Bitcoin on the house after you do your first $100 worth of crypto trading. And they're going to give Billy the Kid over here a little kickback too. Ain't that nice and sweet. So go to manwhorepod.com slash crypto to download the Coinbase app or sign up on your desktop and start making that sweet, sweet, I don't understand how it works money today. Full disclosure, I'm currently uh, invested in, in a mostly Ethereum, uh, a little chunk in Bitcoin, and uh, I got a little baby bit of Algorand. But hey, they've got like almost every cryptocurrency you could pick. There's one called Polkadot. That doesn't sound official. You don't want to pay your mortgage with Polkadot, but you can buy Polkadot crypto if you want on Coinbase. So again, go to manwhorepod.com slash crypto to download the app or sign up on desktop today and qualify for 10 free dollars of Bitcoin. Now let's get to the show. And y'all have still not explored Nomino. Like y'all still haven't gone off to play alone other than you go into, sounds like you went to a munch or a dungeon party or something. Tell me about the dungeon story. What happened? No, so I went, this was actually the second time I went, but I went to make friends basically and I was just talking with a group of people and I was talking about like, Marquis de Sade's philosophy in the bedroom and this girl just is like next to me listening and she's just like how would you like to be the first person I allow to spank me here and I was like are, are you sure like it's not like I have experience with this before <laughs> yes and so we talked about like her limits and everything and we went over we started talking and during the scene 
I was sort of trying to get her to tell me like what she likes. So I was like, oh, why did you really come here? Like, what are you really thinking about? And she's like, oh, I want to be gangbanged. So basically, I was like hitting her with like the flogger. And basically, I ended up making her scream that uh, she wanted everyone in the dungeon to use her right then and there. I want a fucking gangbang! You think you're joking, but like, actually... (laughs) I've seen these scenes before. But the thing is like, so this is like my first time flogging anyone. And so I'm like being very careful. I'm like looking around and like monitoring her reactions. I'm like, oh, is she into this? And there's like a guy next to me like fucking going ham on like the sub next to him. And I'm just like, oh... Maybe I'm not hitting her enough because I was just like sort of doing it languorously, I would say, because the, you have to let the anticipation build, right? Yeah. And then afterwards, we stop the scene. She's happy about it. We do aftercare. And the guy next to me who was like doming the other girl was just like, I couldn't even focus. I was feeding off your energy. Will you hit me? <laughs> and I was like, uh, <laughs> sure. You're like, I'm a natural. Um, were you surprised that your spanking was so good? I mean, I think the psychological aspect of it is everything for me. Mm -hmm. I just didn't expect it to be that well received (laughs) right away. (laughs) I mean, does spanking play a role in y'all's dynamic? I mean, I would say like it comes in and out for fun, but I don't don't know if it's something I would say is necessarily part of the dynamic. Sure. So actually, like, (gasps) (laughs) in the last two weeks, basically I made friends with this couple um, at the dungeon we did have like a scene where there was like some light, like petting and things like that, mm-hmm. but nothing that really crossed the line into like, Oh, now this is like super sexual. Like there was just, there was fingering, but there mm-hmm. wasn't like anything past that. And basically nothing sexual, just like a little fingering. Come on. That seems pretty sexual. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to go like, Oh, that's really sweet. Like you probably had a nice little petting scene. And then you were like, yeah, the petting, you know, the petting inside my vagina. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> that petting. <laughs> and right now, like, I immediately discussed it with Alex and we're sort of at the point, I think, where we're figuring out, like, was that okay? And where do we go from here? Like, what are the rules? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think what gives me so much faith in our relationship is that after kind of each of these two encounters where she where she went to this dungeon, we had really thorough, like hour long discussions about everything that that, that happened and kind of both my and her response to that. And I think what I, I almost wanted to cry after the second conversation, not because I was like upset about what it, what had happened, but it was, it was the, the level of consideration about my feelings about what had occurred. Um, because it was more of a discussion was like, how do you feel about this? Was, was this all right? Should, should we stop everything at this point? Or can we, do we continue this further on? And it was a level of consideration. I feel like I had never seen in prior relationships that I've had. And it was, I don't know. It was very touching. I, I, I did. I did have some tears. <laughs> Honestly, I think that consideration in any relationship, whether it's romantic or not, is everything. Mm. Because I think it's often those little gestures that show if you're really thinking about how other people will react to what you do. And the thing is, in a relationship where someone isn't considerate, they're never going to think to care. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a relationship where you do it's as easy as breathing. Like the person who doesn't care, you can beg them to consider, but they just never will. Yeah. And some, and some, I mean, aside from the, the solo poly and relationship anarchist folks, aside from y'all, I get you. I see you. You're validated, but we're not talking about you right now. Generally speaking with romantic relationships, there's this concept of prioritization. 
Like even as like some, you know, even as a non-monogamous person, when I'm dating someone, I want to something that's important to me is I want to feel like I am a priority, not the priority. But I want to feel like I am a priority in, in that person's life because they're going to be a big priority in my life. And and it seems like you all really do prioritize yourselves. It's really great. I was writing down. I was like, they don't they don't rush it. I think a lot of people talk about open up the relationship and they're like, all right, let's go do the threesomes. Let's sign up for this app. Let's go to the <laughs> sex party. Let's do. This. No, you're like, I'm gonna go to Dungeon Thing. I'm gonna get spanked. I'm gonna get a little fingered. Sorry, uh, a little heavy petting. <laughs> uh, and then we're gonna talk about it. Okay, I'm gonna go to this. We're gonna uh, do that. Okay, we'll talk about it. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get you blown by some people, and then we're gonna probably talk about it later. You know. So I think that's a really cool, healthy way you all approach it. It's almost like as if y'all come from an abundance of time together, in as much as. There will always be time to do more slutty shit like that. We can take our time figuring it out because ideally we're going to be together a long time. So like there will be more time as, as a, as a very problematic, but semi-sexually wise man once told me, um, there's always another bukkake. (laughs) (laughs) I've held on to that since I was 23 years old. What made you want to go to the dungeon? Honestly, just feeling lonely. And also I think. In the you think jo- going to like trivia night? <laughs> well, I think the job that we're in, it's people are pretty traditional. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to make friends where I could be my real self. And what do you believe is your real self? I mean, I think that <laughs> that's a loaded question. <laughs> oh, that's what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> I think that your truest self is able to express all the sort of desires and inclinations that perhaps mainstream society doesn't accept i mean i think for me like kink and sex all of it is all of it is emblematic of something that i do just for myself Mm. not because it gets me anywhere in life and to me that's the most valuable thing of all and if i'm not able to sort of be open about those experiences with people then there's this whole part of my life that i can't share Mm. so it's hard to be open in myself Alex, and what what was it like hearing this dungeon story from afar? I, I think the, the the first time that that she explained it to me, I think she she was very good about telling me like, all right, the limits of everything that w- that was the limits of everything that was going to happen at that at that event. And I think because we had such an open dialogue about what was going on, where she mm-hmm. was going, and even the people that she was meeting, it. I, I almost felt jealous in a sense. I was like, wow, this sounds like a, a great adventure. I, I wish I was there more more so than than being like, oh, how could you go there without me? Yeah. And the one to go, did, did, it, have, did it have to do with the kink or did it have to do with it just sounded like fun that you wanted to share with her? I mean, it, it's definitely an experience that I have not had thus thus far. And it, I think it's it was less about the kink and more about the the novelty of it in a sense. Um, certainly, um, everything that she she described from from seeing uh, um, the one the one image that still is stuck in my head from when you were telling me the first the, the story about when you first went was this the woman wearing like uh, wearing nothing but like a dog outfit running around on all fours barking at everyone. And while while that's not something I'm necessarily into, just the just. The image of that has stuck with me, and it, it just seems like such an interesting experience to be part of. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people could benefit just from attending a play party of some sort, because just to see all these other people express their sexualities in such diverse, awesome ways. It's also why I like going to like a play party, something sex positive, a little bit more queer, because then like you just you see so many different things. And if you go to like a swinger party, you see a lot of the same really tan person. <laughs> 
You know, I feel like it's just a lot of the same Jersey Shore couples. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a slice of life that you don't get outside in, in just your day to day. And I think that's that's what was what was kind of a, kind of attractive about that story when she was first first telling it. And I feel like we're like at a mostly main event now. It's, I think it's what we all came here for. It's it's what he initially walked out hard to before I started like saying shit to his face. We're gonna I think we're gonna put a cock in in mouth here. That's that's always good to do. Always important to hydrate. <laughs> when everyone's hydrated, I think we're we're ready to go. Come on up. Wow. I love my fucking job. I just want to tell everyone. Uh, which Weezer song best describes this blowjob? <laughs> you know, I don't know any Weezer songs. You can pick a Beatles song. That works, too. I do know, I do know Beatles songs. Back in the USSR? <laughs> 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 why why ever that one oh, is it is the beginning of the song him talking about the the appreciation of russian women <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a traitor to me i don't know they <laughs> good good <laughs> You have this instinct to want to like. Oh, you want to put the hands, but you're yeah, doing a I know good I job. <laughs> you're doing a very good job. Um, it's a... I was asking him earlier, would he trade an inch of his height for an extra inch on his dick? He's like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I could lose the inch of my height and it wouldn't really matter. Easily, like, I'm, I'm over six feet. <laughs> Do you have you ever measured the dick? Do you know what it is? I don't off the top of my head. If you got a ruler, you're welcome to. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had one. Okay, number one. I think you have done a great sampling. I think that was a great, great sample. How would you describe that style? Determined and vigorous. That, yeah, it looked like it. You did great. Would you like to uh, introduce yourself? Lucy Moon, lucymoon.com. Hi, this is Alice Sinclair. Yeah, hi. I'm Emma from the Glory Hall podcast, if anyone recognizes my voice. What makes a great blowjob? I think attention by both people involved. Like, everyone has to be paying the fuck attention to what's happening. I think a distracted blowjob is a bad blowjob. Throwing your whole vibe onto that and saying, please come be welcome in my mouth and be at home here. And then just going to town on that and... Relaxed jaw helps, and uh, specifically relaxing the throat. How would you describe your blowjob style? Really primal. I'm really mental. I want to get in the like the back of somebody's head, and before they get it in the back of my head. And generally, that makes for a really powerful exchange. I I want to hold space for like the wild primal masculine to basically just beyond me like what's your plan of attack i think it's called the frenulum <laughs> the underside the... of the penis head yes yeah that 
I pay a lot of attention to that mm. unless the the receiver seems like maybe that's too much. I've had I've had the I've had the full gamut of people of doing that for two hours and nothing happening, and then doing that and someone being like, "Whoa!" and yeah. like not being able to handle that at all. That's a big part of my my gameplay. There's multiple chambers to the mouth, just like there's multiple chambers to all of our orifices. Um, so once I can, once you experience your mouth as this long tube, and you can open the various gates, I guess that way, then you can really enjoy something like that, which now I can. You're making it sound like Indiana Jones, like when he's it running really to the is temple, though. Like, sorry, it, which is like scary because like, what if one of the chambers closes too soon? Well, and that happens sometimes, <laughs> and it's unfortunate. <laughs> it's, it's a rough. Rough ride, so to speak. They're really fun. I never understood the whole thing of they're like, oh, girls hate doing blowjobs. I'm like, they're really fun. But it's not everyone's cup of tea, you know? The power of blowjob holds. It's incredible. And I, I'd like to introduce to the show uh, my this, our couple for this grand experiment, uh, Alex and L. Hello, welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Oh, we're excited to be here. <laughs> I don't know if this was like on your tra- your life trajectory, or you thought you'd be doing weird blowjob podcasts, but here we are. Um, so, something that I found really fascinating about y'all as a couple is that y'all have been, to my understanding, monogamous. Yeah, right. But uh, but y'all have like been contemplating opening up the relationship because because of your respective jobs they are putting you for a temporary period of time in very different locations yeah but i i think it was less so just because we were distant i think this was a conversation that we were having for i don't know at least two three years now where we were we've kind of talked about this back and forth and really thought about what is sexuality in a relationship and what is our relationship outside of sexuality and so i think it was a um, it wasn't so much the distance and moving apart Okay. Elle, what how, how would you describe like the initial conversations about like, let's maybe open this up? It's been sort of coming into my awareness for a while now that mm-hmm. like I'm maybe more poly than monogamous, mm-hmm. but I never really knew what manifestation that that would take for me. Mm-hmm. And I think I was in denial about it for a long time. In fact, like in my last relationship, the person was really, really jealous. Mm-hmm. And so that that and my like conservative family upbringing sort of made me like quash that down. In fact, when I first had this conversation like seriously with Alex, I was like lying on the couch crying because I was like nothing that Alex, nothing in our relationship ever suggested that he would take it badly. But I just felt so much shame and like fear that it would be reacted to really poorly. <laughs> shame like that you even want this, you might want this thing in the first place. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, do one of you two want to tell us like how y'all even met? Like, tell us a little bit. Can we get a bit of an origin story? Do you want to tell this or should I? <laughs> you tell this way better than I do. You think so? Okay. <laughs> y'all are cute. <laughs> um, so we met at the beginning of professional school. Say, oh my gosh, has it been four years? Weird. Okay. <laughs> so in the beginning, I think... When you meet people, you have an awareness like, oh, that person's like kind of interesting. And we ended up going on this thing called a float trip where basically a bunch of rafts are tied together and you float down the river. And basically, it's just a bunch of drunk people on floats. Okay. <laughs> and so our entire class was on these floats and we happened to be in the same raft together. And I think the moment for me that I was like, wow, this guy's pretty cool, was one of our friends who doesn't know how to swim decided to jump off of a cliff 
into the river and he got himself sort of stranded. And because all the floats were tied together, we were already downstream from where he was. And he was like slowly trying to run on this rocky beach. And Alex here and I decided to launch a rescue expedition. The dude, dr- dude jumps off a cliff and you're like, <laughs> he can't swim. This is probably not good. He was wearing a life vest, which he thought would help, but it really just gave him <laughs> terrible whiplash. <laughs> so basically we untie ourselves from the main rafts and then we like paddle back frantically. Alex slices his foot open. It's like, it's overall like a jubilant scene where we rescue this guy. And I'm just like, you know, this guy's pretty decent and cute. Like he sliced his foot open to help someone else. You went on a life-saving expedition. You all went on, what is this, a movie? What? <laughs> Who, which one of you two is the first hero to go like, we got to go back for John. <laughs> we, we can't leave him behind. <laughs> I don't know. Did you even notice he was gone? I, I think it was just me. <laughs> hey guys, anybody notice a dude who can't swim jumping off a cliff and just me, everyone? <laughs> that's amazing i'll be honest that wasn't the story i thought she was going to tell <laughs> well just like two or three days before that was like the first time oh, that we met yeah. and this and we were we were at this bar with a bunch of other people who were, who were starting school with us it was like a basement there was like pool tables foosball tables darts and whatnot okay and i was i was like standing behind the people playing darts like lined up to 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 play next and she comes up to me is like hey do you want to play darts and me in my in, in my she's nervousness to grab was, the mic was, just from like, was just like no and ran away no the thing is like i offered and you could have said yes or no it would have been totally normal but you were like no it's okay and then like scurried backwards and i was like all right that's fine <laughs> I think there's there's kind of a uh, kind of a story to this one as well because I think it, it was probably maybe a year or two into what I think now we would call our relationship that we were really sort of thinking about what does the label of like boyfriend girlfriend that sort of thing <laughs> mean and, and she's she's laughing right now because we we were having this discussion of like oh all right can I can I like call you my boyfriend my girlfriend and and basically what it came down to was like she she was like i this this seems this seems weird do do i have commitment issues and i turned to her and i'm like yeah no fucking shit you have commitment issues <laughs> okay wait 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 let me the, let me frame this actually <laughs> because this was actually like i don't really remember defining our relationship by the time i was co- like really feeling comfortable calling you my boyfriend like i already knew that i loved you which was like that was like when i knew that i loved you i that, then i like felt comfortable calling you my boyfriend but i remember being in the whole foods together i was just like yeah my friend blank blank and then like the and then like to the guy at the seafood counter and you were just like (laughs) would you say he's just a friend r.i.p biz (laughs) but like i just remember the way that it came up that i asked if i had commitment issues was actually like at a point in our relationship where we were secure enough that i was like playing with this kinky app and then I had met this girl who was also in like another relationship and they were poly and they were talking to me like very early on about like, oh, like we're looking for someone whom we can give like the label girlfriend. And internally, I was just like, oh, my God, like <laughs> this is freaking me out and I don't know why. And I called Alex and I was like, do you think I have commitment issues? Yes. <laughs> and I was like shocked. I was like, oh, that was like the first time it hit me. I was like, oh. <laughs> Alex, why did you think she had, why were you already so sure like you've got commitment issues? Because I think it, well, I mean, we had spent what, two or three years at this point and she really. Well, y'all tr- were together two to three years and yeah, didn't like. 
she, labeled she just, the thing? She just didn't want to use the term boyfriend or girlfriend when she was talking with other people during this. No, that t- no. Okay. Like, I mean, you were effectively together, yeah. just no one like wrote it down on something. Yeah, no. We knew we were together. It's just I don't think we discussed it. Yeah, like I think between the two of us, it was like super clear. And I think to everyone we knew, it was super clear. Mm. But the use of the terminology did not become set in stone, I think, really until around that the time of the story that mm. she was just referring to. And I. I mean, what else can I say? But that seems that seems just like a she she was having an, an issue with the commitment that's within that term. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you were on this kink app. We had had discussions mm-hmm. and knew that this was okay. This was after we had the discussion about like me probably being Polly. Mm-hmm. I know that we knew we were together. I just don't remember exactly how that. Sure, Alex. What was your reaction to those early conversations about? that i know you guys have talked about like talked about existentially like what does it even mean to like be in a relationship like why do we attach the seriousness of a relationship to the fidelity the sexual fidelity of that relationship right like it sounds like you had these existential conversations but when you brought it back home to you two what was that like well i think when we when we initially started having these conversations we were at a place in our relationship where i felt like there was there was a lot of security in that emotional connection kind of separate from um from any sort of sexual element of our, our relationship and having that, that emotional security, I, I don't think it was difficult for me to think about, Oh, should we, should we um, think about being um, involving other people? And, and because I don't think that really means all that much to me knowing that our relationship is, is secure. And mm-hmm. I think I, I have a lot of trust that, and um, that's been built up over, over four years. And I don't think there's any other person that's going to be able to kind of pull that away. Have you have you always thought that way about relationships and fidelity? I, d- I definitely not. No, <laughs> um, I can say that was something I, an influence. Can you like think of something that like came in? You were like, oh, that might make sense. Well, I can say that I, I had a previous relationship for, um, a number of years ago that lasted for probably three, four years as well. But at the end of that, it was sort of a very rocky, t- um, kind of tumultuous sort of relationship. And there was a point where we were also pulled apart for. Um, Gosh, it's almost a year. And during that time, we had the same sort of discussions about, oh, should we be seeing other people? And um, at first, I was like, okay, I, I get it. There's, there's this distance. But when it actually kind of came down to those events, it was I felt kind of deeply hurt. And I, I had to sit down and think, all right, well, well, wh- well why was that? Honestly, I think it, it was because I didn't have faith in the emotional connection mm-hmm. of our relationship at the outset of those conversations. Mm-hmm. Whereas with, with L, through all these years, it's it's clear to me that that's not going to create a rift in, in what we already have. And mm-hmm. I think that was, that was the, the big fear that I had kind of in terms of thinking about this outside of our relationship now. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if anything, like I think after that initial conversation we had where I cried and you were like, yeah, I know. And I was like, what do you mean? You know <laughs> about the whole like being polyamorous thing. Yeah. Everything has just gotten so much better in our relationship. Like, I feel like I tell you, like, about all my, like, (laughs) all of my thoughts, like, as, like, depraved as they may be. What Um, kind of depraved uh, (laughs) thoughts, Elle? Would would you like to share with the class? You want to tell them about your gangbang fantasies? (gasps) We love gangbangs at the Man Whore Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So embarrassing. (laughs) Because, like, I think... Online or things like when I'm writing, it's not hard to just be yourself. Mm. It's not hard to admit to these things when you're writing about it. But it always feels like really embarrassing. Like I feel kind of like 
blushy right now even just talking about it just because like <laughs> it just feels vulnerable <laughs> what, what feels vulnerable about it i think it's that you're talking about something that in proper society a woman like quote unquote shouldn't want mm-hmm. you know and admitting that you want it in front of other people no less is a very vulnerable experience like there's a lot of there's a lot of room for negative reactions to sharing something you maybe have even fully grasped yourself there's a lot of stigma around that sort of thing around that sort of desire really mm-hmm. that if you share that people will be like oh that changes the type of person i thought you were yeah and isn't that shitty like it's just how you want to conduct your own relationship usually in private sometimes in a park like if you're really fun it's like the- <laughs> It's like the way you want to conduct your relationship privately. Other people not only have an opinion, but such a strong opinion, it changes their entire opinion of you as a human. Number two, I'd love to see see your talents. Get on down there. If you had to assign a personality trait to this particular person, what's a personality trait or two you would assign? More party person. I guess maybe the dominant? I don't know. Can you tell the political affiliation of this person based on their touch? <laughs> Libertarian. <laughs> I see some uh, some ball technique happening. How's this one feel to you? They're trying to, to apply a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it's too much? No, there's a lot less determination here. Is the if I have to, if I, you're trying to get me to say something negative, right? Uh, no, I'm just trying. I'm just, I'm just exploring tension. <laughs> and someone tries, I think, not to bite your dick from laughing. <laughs> I think that's a great job. Uh, how did you learn how to give head? Uh, people saying, "Don't do that." trial by error as anyone gets good at anything you fuck it up a few times what sucks about sucking dick a lot of things actually (laughs) Um, (laughs) no one would ever do it unless everyone in the room is in agreement it seems (laughs) (laughs) no one would ever do this unless there was a high primal energetic motivator to um (laughs) to engage in this it's sometimes depending on a person's diet their energy how much water they drink all these things the uh the seed if you will uh can taste like a number of things that don't really taste really nice the taste (laughs) genuinely though like a vegetable every once in a while a green juice (laughs) wouldn't wouldn't hurt like a green juice like once twice a week would would help and sometimes when guys don't shower dude dude if i realized something recently Guys don't wash between their ass cheeks. <laughs> and it's so fucking great. The smell. The smell, man. It's it's the taste and the smell. Uh, you know what would be great if dicks taste like mint? That would be my real... It's some, I want some chocolate minty dick. What do dicks taste like? Lick your forearm. It's it's, it's literally skin. That's what... Well, not, maybe not your forearm. Like, lick the, like your knee or something. Hopefully they taste like soap, but they don't. So instead they taste like... Uh, armpit? Like, picture, like, what if you licked your armpit, it's probably what your dick tastes like. Because um, the same stuff's going on, you know what I mean? Balls? Want to tell me your opinion on balls real quick? They're, they're the male fun bags. 
<laughs> you know how like guys call like girls tits like fun bags or like they used to not and, like, guys who get laid i don't think <laughs> well they're like the male <laughs> fun bags they are they're really fun a lot of people ignore them for some reason and sad it's like they're there for a reason they're just chilling <laughs> give them some love attention balls make me nervous no i i think they're largely unnecessary they're so sensitive they so i i know i said this last time but i have to say it again i really wish it was just a little more compact i wish they were just in the, with the dick I wish it was all, I wish, you know, like, I don't want humans to have to get neutered, but I don't dislike the fact that when you get your dog fixed that they don't have balls anymore. Well, they're very important. They self-regulate. They're very intelligent. If it gets too hot, they descend. If it, you know, if it gets too cold, they retract to protect the seed that they carry. They're very brilliant little things. And they're very sensitive also, of course. They give a vulnerability to a hard cock that it requires in order to be human. I'm sorry. I don't want to put your balls in my mouth. I, I get asked to do it. I do it. People pay me to put their balls in my mouth. So I do. I don't want to, though. Like, it's not something that, like, if there wasn't money attached that I would, like, be really excited about. If you, Billy, if you wanted me to put your your balls in my mouth and not pay me, I would do it because I care about you and because I know it would bring you joy. Are you, uh, how are you feeling? You're, you're about to... <laughs> You're about to share your boyfriend's cock with like some random women you've never met before. Sounds hot. Yeah, sounds hot. Ah, <laughs> now it's not just fun, it's not just intriguing, but it's hot. <laughs> um, and, and have you ever done anything like this before? Any sort of group sex experience? Any threesomes? Anything like that? No. No? Just the dungeon experience that you, you shared. Yeah, so that was with a couple. So I guess like it was kind of threesomey, but like it's a certain being at a dungeon a, party is like already a- being surrounded by group <laughs> sexuality. Like I, you get points because you've been to dungeon parties plural. You know what I mean? You wanted to tell us a, a story about a, a conference. Oh yeah, so it was funny because that was actually Alex and my first date officially. Date. Date. Yes. You chose a conference as a date. Hear me out. Hear me out. In in the I'll, profession I'll that we're in, there aren't that many opportunities, I think, to get away. So conferences are sort of like, oh, it's almost like a weekend trip. Mm-hmm. And this was the first time we had sort of like, oh, we're going to try like dating. So I had planned this in my head. I was like, oh, it's going to be so romantic. I'm going to take him like on like a helicopter ride. I'm going to bring him like kayaking to see some manatees and stuff. And then like, oh my God, I... I want to go on a helicopter ride. But here's the thing. Like I... I'm just, I just was like grumpy. So, because we got there, it was raining in Orlando. There was a cold flash. We had to take this Uber all the way out to this random remote location because mm. I hadn't planned properly with the cars. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a disaster. We got there. There were no manatees. There were dead fish in the water. I was like, <laughs> it was raining. The wind was blowing. I was like, this is the least romantic date ever. And I was like, Alex is going to hate it. <laughs> and he was actually having fun, but I was just like talking myself down in my head. And then he oh, it was imperfect. Yes, it oh, was no. imperfect. Shit. And he's like, I'm just happy to be with you. Yeah, and like honestly, I was grumpy because he'd already been on a helicopter ride before with his dad, and I was I, this was me finding out. And then at the end of the trip, I was just like sulking, basically in this like little Irish pub where we were having breakfast, and he, he was like, "You know, like this would have just been fine just to be with you anywhere." And I was like, "It was kind of a disaster, wasn't it?" But hey, like everything worked out perfectly. He seems like such a sweetheart. He is, my God. Like I. I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky. Yeah. Like, 
in the beginning of our relationship, we had some patches where I wasn't always really sure how he was feeling because he's not as expressive as I am. Mm. I feel like I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I cry easily. I'm always very aware of how I'm feeling. But when I ask him, like he doesn't always know, or at least he doesn't always, he's not always able to verbalize it is what I'd say. And it took me a while, I think, to understand how he expresses himself and understand that he does love me to feel secure in that knowledge, even without sort of the flowery language Mm. that society sort of says, like, this is a prerequisite, right? You like the words of affirmation? I do, but I think that ultimately acts of service is the most important to me. Mm-hmm. Are you uh, are you curious to compare your blowjob skills to the <laughs> other women who will be joining us later? I'm really curious. Like, I already told him that I don't care if he gets it right or not. <laughs> like, he he's like, how could I? How could I not get it right? But honestly, I I don't mind. I already said, hey, no pressure. Just enjoy yourself like when he was talking about his nerves i was like doesn't matter if you come zero times or like 50 like if he can come 50 i think we get him an award that's yeah like- that's true that's true <laughs> but even so like i think if anything like if he has constructive criticism if he's like oh i really enjoyed x thing that happened to me like i want to try to emulate it because ultimately i feel like all of this is an adventure we're exploring together and mm. the more we learn about what we like the better so you're prepared to possibly pick up blowjob tips. Hell yeah. <laughs> you're like, ah, whoever whoever number three was really like, tongued my balls in a way no one's ever done. You in mind you're like, Yeah, I want to be those. like, who's number three? Like yeah, can, give can me get, some lessons. <laughs> can I get her number? Ask some things, and then I'm gonna tongue your balls, sweetie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that wow, that sounds really funny. <laughs> but That's yeah. Really sweet. That's really wonderful. But honestly, <laughs> it's like it's kind of funny because we had this conversation about like rimming. <laughs> <laughs> do, do share we're fans <laughs> so i've heard that it's something that like can be extremely like enjoyable yeah for guys yeah. and and the thing is like even though i'm someone who cares a lot about hygiene mm-hmm. like i also want to make sure like if there's i want to leave no stone unturned like if there's like great pleasure for alex on the other side of this thing like he's sort of like eh, we could do it we could not but oh, the yeah. reason why i'm so like gung-ho about it for alex is because like I really love him and if and like if maybe there's a lot of pleasure there to be explored for him like mm-hmm. I want to be the one to make him like scream and be excited uh, like uh to shift to blowjobs. So, what do you what, what's fun about them? I think there's this like paradoxical like vulnerability in a way like for them they're literally inserting <laughs> some of the most vulnerable parts of their body into your mouth mm-hmm. an area with a lot of pounds per square inch <laughs> if you want to bite down. But also, like, there's this feeling of, like, being a vehicle for pleasure in a way where, like, your mouth is nothing but, like, a receptacle w- with which you can, like, evoke pleasure in others. And I think that that's super hot. They turn me on, like, to know that I'm doing something for someone else that is also turning them on. And it's just, like, I think the, the like, sliding sensation I don't know. I've thought about this a lot and I still haven't come up with a good answer, but I think like maybe there's like some Pavlovian conditioning there that like every time X happens, like great things ensue. (laughs) (laughs) Call yourself almost a serial monogamous in a way. Yeah, I I guess you could, you could put it that way. Yeah. 
definitely more. I definitely feel more confident now. I will say that through high school and kind of the first couple years of college, that was definitely a, a, a struggle for me. It's been interesting because I've seen as a, as I've been with Al for for these past years now. It's even like in in context where she's not there, I, I don't see that sort of nervousness pop up anymore. And I think it's. I don't know. I feel like I've grown a lot, of, a lot as a person. Maybe that's just because I've gotten older. Maybe, maybe that's just because I'm not a, in college or high school anymore, and the uh, the playing field is is different. Let's say that whether it's at the end of this experiment or just at the end of like your ongoing conversations, y'all do decide to like open up the relationship. Are you at all nervous about like what your personal experience will be? So. I have a feeling that if we kind of, if we kind of go down this this path of, of non monogamy, that I will definitely be the one kind of engaging in that far less than than L, just based on our our you know, interactions and discussions so far. But the level of support that that she's been been giving towards um, towards this, is, I think, will be kind of that that push to to be able to get me back to that. Um, I think that if I think without that, I would, I would probably fall back into like, oh, how do how do I approach talk, talking to women in that sort of context again? Yeah. Sure. Do, would you would you feel comfortable asking her for tips on how to talk? Oh, to Oh, a hundred percent. In fact, I've definitely done that before. <laughs> how so? Oh, no. Like we we've just done like hypothetical sort of like back, um, back and forths. Just like, oh, if if you were to go do this, like, um, how would you approach that? And it, it's. I don't know. I I have no pickup lines in my repertoire. I will tell you. Why Why do you think that? Why is your instinct that if should y'all open up that you would indulge in it less? I think for for her, s- sex and sexuality are a much bigger part of her her p- kind of personality and in, in life. And for me, it it isn't as important on sort of the hierarchy of things. I think for me, the, the emotional connection of our relationship definitely um, holds a, a very high place on that list. And I think that's, that's true for her as well. But I think sexuality is just not, is not too far behind that. Where for me, it's a little bit more down that totem. The idea of like just fucking people you don't know too well, like someone you pick up at a bar doesn't sound very appealing to you. I mean, sure. It, on, on any given weekend, that might sound like a fun thing to go do, but it's, it's not like I'm going to structure my weekends around trying to go find that activity. Uh-huh. What do you like about blowjobs? How do you like your blowjobs? I think that there, there are probably two answers to this question because I think it really depends on the mood of the sexual encounter. Mm. Um, Obviously, I think there is a time and place for a very aggressive blowjob, like you might even say, like face fuck. Um, and I think there's a time and place for that. But I, I, I would not say that when I think of a blowjob, I'm always thinking of this sort of aggressive sort of thing. I, I feel like I'm in my if I were to like if I were like a blowjob a day type of person, I think I'd be a much more gentle, caressing blowjob. <laughs> I, uh, I just think of my mother who would be like, Billy, there's a time and a place for everything. And, you know, and now that took on a whole new meaning, including face fucking. Uh, oh, <laughs> do, do you remember like what your first blowjob was like? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, gosh, I was, I think I was 14 at the time. Maybe I was, maybe I was 15 and we had this sort of like treehouse structure in our backyard, but it was, it was, the summer, like 120 degrees out, no air conditioning in there. And and me and my first girlfriend at the time were, were like, ooh, let's explore what like sex is. And um, and so our first sort of sexual experience was going up in this 120 degree structure outside, sweating our asses off. And she in the complete darkness, getting just almost like a licking sort of <laughs> blowjob from outside. My mom's yelling from inside the house. Alex, where are you? Where are you? And I'm just like, well, shit, I got to be as quiet as possible now. 
Uh, and, and was it good? Was it, was no. it good? no, no, no. <laughs> well, what? And this is a question I've gotten from women, both like emailing for, because they listen to the podcast or like in bed because they're just curious. Is there such thing as a bad blowjob? And if so, what makes a bad blowjob? So Al asked me this question uh, maybe about a week and a half ago, and I really <laughs> had to think about it. And I had an immediate answer, which was like, well, that definitely makes it bad. And that's anything that involves a lot of teeth. That, of course, is going to make it bad. Mm-hmm. But like outside of that, like it, it, it was really hard for me to define because it was thinking about it has to be not fitting to whatever mood the, the sexual encounter is in at that at that moment. And it, I, I really struggled even now to define what is a bad blowjob. Because I feel like... There are bad blowjobs where it's like the teeth, like when we're, if we're causing pain, I feel like it's a bad blowjob. But otherwise, I'm like, I feel like even the worst blowjobs I get are still pretty fucking yeah, good. Yeah, like, like, it's, like, it's not like they're, <laughs> like the bottom of the barrel is still like good. Yeah. Like I usually don't like leave it going like upset in the way that a lot of like pussy having friends of mine, like if they get bad pussy eating, they are like, <laughs> angry uh, <laughs> because like i feel like we can come from like a mediocre to not awesome blowjob and that's not happening with muff diving i, su- I suppose i should i should be thankful for being a guy in that <laughs> sense <laughs> i will say i got to share a comment she told me when we stepped out earlier Please. and that and that was she's like oh i my my blowjob better not be the worst one and if it is it better not stay that way <laughs> <laughs> she seems very open to constructive criticism <laughs> All right, let's let's get you up next. Let's see what you got going on. Damn. By the way, do you know women in New York? Huh? No. No. I, just here. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe you knew one. Someone from grade school moved here or something. I just thought it'd be funny if, like, you knew people in New York. What if one of them was here? Okay, I knew the the one the one girl we're going to dinner with tonight. What if this is her? I would be blown away. <laughs> Does this feel like your girlfriend? I'm between two and now number three. I mean, I'm just comparing to past experiences. I feel like number one had far too, far too much technique. Between number two and three, they're, they're similar in ways. There's a gentleness. Okay. Does it, but so I feel like I've laughed too much in here and I'm not. <laughs> no, you're doing great. This is, uh, I feel like I'm just ruining this experience for you, though. <laughs> I feel like I should like, really like, let you get these blowjobs. <laughs> the back and forth is definitely funny, but it's definitely a different experience. Do you have any, before we go, any funny blowjob stories that come to mind? It was, kind of, it was kind of my second one, but I had spent a full day like tripping acid in the woods with some friends um, at you know their house. Their house in the nice woods, we're doing that. So we get back, we're like coming out of it and everybody's really grounding out a little bit. And um, it was it was three girls, one guy. I had been trying to get the guy's interest the whole day. Your second blowjob. Second blowjob. Was three girls and the one guy yeah basically okay. <laughs> it was kind of a temple like environment they had this space with a lot of tapestries and uh yeah i was kind of on the outside 
he was wrapped by the two girls and I didn't think that was very fair. So I seized an opportunity when we started to relax and like touch each other, get really sensual and grounding and it felt very nice. Um, and he got aroused in the process. I like reached around one of the girls and like started stroking him. And then he got very aroused and very excited. And so then I seized an opportunity and I was like, okay, I don't like being on the outside of this. We're going to make a triangle around this, this, <laughs> this guy. So I got down on it and I thought I was just going to have a nice time. Um, got very large, like, I don't know. The, it felt like the diameter of a Coke can, to be honest, Coca-Cola. It felt like a foot long. It used two hands, lots of space. There was a lot going on. And then uh, we start going and one of the other girls gets really fired up about it because she thought it was really hot, something like that. And so then she grabbed the back of my head and started slamming me fully down on this giant thing. And while that was hot, I was kind of scared for my life. <laughs> I was like, I could die today on this, on this wonderful member. Um, because it was like, she wasn't really letting me breathe. It was a whole thing. And I did not know at the time how to, I didn't know how to take that. So my first ever blowjob, I didn't go on Tinder or date anyone until college. We had went to the movies. It was like a nice cute date. We were making out the fucking, um, seat for like the movie theater thing. Like the cup holder seat Ooh. does not lift. So I had a huge bruise on my rib. But anyways, I go in his car. We travel an hour and a half to Pennsylvania to his house. <laughs> And I'm just like, he just got done by his girlfriend too. So his, his, his apartment, there was nothing there. She stole the bed frame, the mattress, his desk, his chairs, his silverware. If I'm not going to fuck you anymore, no one will. Exactly. So I blew him for three hours. He did not come. No breaks. First blowjob ever in my life. Three hour blowjob. My, my job was walking. I was like, I'm done. I can't. It's been three hours. I, I don't know if I'm doing something wrong or you're in the wrong. This is, this is weird. During the blowjob, are you like unsure of yourself? Are you annoyed? Are you upset? Like, what's, what's the emotions you're feeling while giving a three hour blowjob? It was fun, you know? Like, oh, my first blowjob. Wow, a dick in my mouth for the first time. And he was like shaving and everything. So it was like, it was a good starter dick. But then, like, after like the first 30 minutes, it's like, oh my God, is he gonna come yet? Like, is he gonna do something to me? Because I had a no pants off rule, like for like usually like first dates, I'd have a no pants rule off. Cause it's like the tension, you know. I leave something to desire for next time. But this guy, like after the second hour, I was like, I'm done. I'm just doing this just to like be like this is the first, this is like the only way a blowjob ends. He coming. The most awkward. He didn't come. I didn't make him come in the three hours. He had to drive me back to my place because there was no way of me getting back to my college dorm. <laughs> the most awkward hour and a half, right? Because he was like frustrated and like. Kind of mad. She only just did three more hours. I'd blast all over the place. Yeah, no. We, he was like, do you want to get something to eat? And I was like, no, thank you. I just want to go home. Uh, you're afraid if you said yes, he's going to pull his dick back out. Yeah, and I was like, no, I just want to go home. It's been three hours. It was like 1 a.m. And I was like, shit. What if, what if we actually die on the highway? All right. Well, let's let's let our number four get in there. So, like, based off of the the technique of this sucker, like, which Fast and Furious movie do you think is her favorite? Tokyo Drift. 
Interesting choice. I don't know which number that is. <laughs> mm, great job. Great job. Now, now preliminarily, like, which of the, of the four suckers do you think was your girlfriend? I'm still going two or three. Two or three. I think we need to do another, a, another quick round of, uh, of, uh, with two and three. So I'm going to bring two out now. I'm physically moving four out of the way. And then I'm going to have number two please come back out. Yeah. And, and let's give another, another, I'm going to kind of let you do it. I'm going to shut my fat face. <laughs> now, number three, your turn. I don't think I'll let me sleep tonight. <laughs> oh, you think she's gonna fuck the shit out of you tonight? She 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 can tell you later. <laughs> what's uh what's her favorite position? We haven't actually discussed it, but I have I have a, a feeling she's a preference for a dog and cat person. But we haven't actually discussed that. Well, number three is clearly trying to make an impression, and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna peel her away from your cock now. I'm gonna say I think I think you've got very good sampling. And now, based off of that, was was it number two or number three? I'm going number three. Going number three. Okay, okay. I just want to ask before we're done, does anybody like need like a last taste? Are you okay if someone gets like an extra taste? Please. Wow. Just like based off of this, like, what do you think her GPA was in college? <laughs> Can I say two? Because <laughs> she was too too busy sucking cock. That's a compliment. <laughs> Yo, honey, that was meant to be a compliment. Oh my god. Uh, so in a moment, we're gonna have you take that off. This one's gonna get her breath. <laughs> <laughs> Does everybody want to come gather real quick? Would you like to thank all the ladies for their service? Yes, th thank you all for uh, coming to this event. This feels a little formal. Me, thank, thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank y'all too, by the way, for letting me watch that. Uh, why don't you go ahead and take this off, and you can take a look at all the all the light. <laughs> I didn't, yes, you can talk. I've been holding in so many thoughts this whole time. Now I don't have any thoughts left. Uh, so the first round, you did guess your girlfriend. Yeah, was, Congratulations. The dress. Based off the I dress, he says. They were all like half trying to get her naked. But like, it's fine. I understand. I'm self-conscious about my stomach. Oh. <laughs> That's okay. And then the second one, on the, on the touching, the light touch, though you seemed unsure, you... Did ultimately guess your girlfriend. He's still virgin. All right. <laughs> How does that make you feel so far? Honestly, it doesn't make me feel anything. Like in the sense that, like, it doesn't matter if he gets it right or wrong. Like, I. You're still gonna fuck him tonight either way. <laughs> well, I was gonna say something more wholesome, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> now on the ball juggling, you guessed Emma. This is Emma. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, the cocksucking himself. Are you, do you, before we say who it was, do you want to change your guess at all? I don't think so. You're pretty confident of the second round is number three, and you 
accurately gets her girlfriend. Congratulations. I think I, the reason I got it is because I was giving shit about it, and she's very prideful. <laughs> and so she increased the effort. <laughs> the face. Okay, so, like, my reactions, like, as we were going around, like, during the first round of, like, sucking Alex's cock, you were, like, very flaccid in my mouth, and I was just, like, after it was done, like, I was, like, I think I'm kind of hurt, but I I wasn't hurt because there were other women, like, on your cock, I was just, like... Damn it! I'm not doing a good enough job. When we came around again, I was like really relieved that like I could do a better job because I was just like fucking. Well, you know the campsite rule: leave it harder than you found it, right? Okay. Well, uh, I think I mean three out of four is fucking great. Oh, look at the happy couple! Give them a little round of applause. They didn't break up. Honestly, honestly, like major respect, major props, and you have a nice dick. Right? Yeah, what did everyone think of the dick? It was wonderful. Like, just filled me up the right place and could do different things with it, but it was still flexible. At the very end, you had it, like, incredibly hard. Like, it was starting to get purple. Well, I'll do my best. But, uh, Emma, you were, like, in the running to throw him way off, and you did it in one round. How do you feel? Uh, good. I, like, I saw what his girlfriend was doing, and I saw she was very gentle, so I tried to, like, <gasps> confuse him in. You trying to mimic him? Yeah! Oh! <laughs> I love you. You're great. Thank you. <laughs> and and what, how'd you feel about the encounter, Lucy Moon? Well, like most things in my life, I had zero strategy. <laughs> and I um, just, I don't know. <laughs> I, think he has, I think he has a very nice dick. Okay. Um, I think it was uh, nice and straight. Not like weird and bumpy and lumpy or anything like that. It didn't have a weird curve. Is that, was that a good height for like kneeling and all that good stuff? I thought you did great. I thought you did great. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, everyone did great. Yay! Something very special happened after the mics got turned off. I have to tell you about Alice Sinclair, one of the one of the guest mouths in the episode, uh, the one who was referred to as having so much technique. Well, afterwards, Elle was Elle was asking her, "How'd you do that thing with his balls?" And and Alice showed Elle this like technique on how to kind of like massage and work the nutsack in a way that made Elle's eyes go so wide. And then and then Alex and Elle needed to borrow my bed. Of course, they didn't mind having an audience at that point, but we all just kind of watched Elle just really like go to town and have fun with her new party trick. It was <laughs> it was adorable. I want to give a thank you to both Alice Sinclair and Lucy Moon and Emma and Emma. Hey, we Emma and I both forget what name she used for the Glory Hole episode, but you know who she is. Uh, particularly for Lucy and Alice, they are both OnlyFans creators. Hey, uh, you can go to LucyMoon.com for all things Lucy Moon. That's L-U-C-E-E Moon.com. And for Alice Sinclair, you can find her on that social media. She's on Twitter at... Miss Alice Sinclair, that's S-I-N-C-L-A-I-R, or you can go to her website with all of her links at Alice, S-I-N-C-L-A-I-R dot card with two R's dot C-O. Don't worry, I got a link in the show notes. Um, there's also an update from Ella and Alex. I, I was, I did hit them up before putting this episode out because I want to hear like, Anything new? Anything change? And uh, as has been on brand for them, 
They're still moving nice and slowly. Most recently, Alex has given her a pass for several friends from the dungeon to be, as she said, a little more gropey. No idea what that means, but I trust those two kids are going to keep communicating and keep growing and keep loving the shit out of each other. Mm. Love to know what you thought about this week's episode. Shoot, episode? Episode. Uh, We're not going to redo that. Uh, You can shoot me an email with your comments, your questions, your criticisms to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Join the conversation in the champagne room. Uh, Tell us all what you thought in our uh, episode discussion channel. You can introduce yourself today at manwhorepod.com slash discord. Episode 400, people. Can you think of a better excuse to go shout out your favorite Manwhore podcast episode on social media? Don't forget to tag me. All my socials are also in the show notes. Uh, as I said during one of the ad reads, I, you know, uh, Billy got COVID-19, didn't want to bum you out too much in the monologue with it. Maybe we'll talk about it next week, but I, uh, I, I, I am resurrecting the Corona cast, uh, doing, a, doing an extra Corona cast episode this Saturday, uh, and that's going to be coming out exclusively on Patreon for all of my $5 and up fan whores. Can gain access to that as well as nearly 300 bonus episodes and so much more content and community. You can become a member today at patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash podcast. Thanks everyone for listening all these years. I am a, I am a lucky, lucky man. I'm a lucky, lucky whore. May there be 400 episodes more. And may you always, always feel confident enough to stay slutty. We want to thank Motor Bunny for being such longtime supporters of the Man Whore Podcast. Uh, they've been supporting this pod for years. They have sponsored almost all of the Man Whore Cons, almost all of our live shows. So we just want to give them a really extra special shout out. You know what the Motor Bunny is by now. And you know you can get $50 off the most powerful vibrator you will ever own. When you visit manwhorepod.com slash Motor Bunny. How does it feel like? This feels awesome. My cock's throbbing in part because of the weed, but also because I watched like four really hot women blow a dude for like a half hour while I asked them silly questions. How does it feel like getting a blowjob after? (laughs) (laughs) It's much better having some more control in the situation. But these lessons have uh, definitely been a service. But she looks a little busy. <laughs> oh, God. Do you have any comments? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that as a note. She's busy with her new trick. This is fun. I is like being fun? the commentator. Yeah. Uh, so hot. I am loving this. This is Uh, such a fun time.